Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Hamish Blake and Sonia Kruger join us to talk about their head-to-head battle as LEGO Masters takes on Big Brother. Big changes for the TV industry as a highly respected executive leaves a primetime role. And has the ABC killed Q&A? Things are not looking good. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. TV Black Box is about to begin. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is TV Black Box bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. And welcome to TV Black Boxes. This week we're joined by the always lovely and always on time, not always, Sarah Monaghan. <laughs> Hello, and I am halfway to almost being allowed to be able to take a Qantas flight again. Well, we look forward to catching up with you in the flesh again. It's been way too long. Way too long. Joining us from Perth at an ungodly time in the morning as we record this podcast is Aaron Ryan, the contributor to TV Black Box. Hello, Aaron. Yes, hello, gorgeous people. And just after lockdown as well, we've just been released uh, a few hours ago. Ah, good to hear. Then what you did is you got up and instead of exploring the world, you got up, turned on your computer and joined us here for TV Black Box. I could think of nothing better. Indeed. Rod Morris, who works on just about every program in Australia that has any kind of technical wizardry, is with us. Hello, Rod. Hello, Rob. Hello, everyone. And um, today I can actually talk about a show that I've been working on since late last year with uh, for the ABC called Win the Week, if you want. I don't know if you've heard about that. So oh. yes, I've been on that since oh, last November. So we can now talk about it because they've put press releases out. Absolutely. Well, we'll talk about it now. What do you know? What can you tell us? Uh, it's a cool little format thought up by uh, Marty Robertson, uh, Scott Abbott and Craig Rucastle of uh, the Chasers War fame. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a funny comedy panel type show. Three teams, one punter, one celebrity. The nice twist with this is the, 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 the punter can punt their celebrity if after a couple of rounds they're not performing well. So <laughs> it, it sounds a simple little twist, but the dynamic's actually quite fun the way it plays out. So, uh, yeah. It's, I it's, actually look forward to seeing yeah. that one. And mm. we'll have to get more from you as we get closer to premiere. And he's back. Mog, welcome back to the TV Black Box. We have missed you. It's good to have you back two weeks in a row. Yeah, you know, unpre- Unprecedented. I think that the phrase now is and featuring. <laughs> <laughs> 
Indeed, indeed. All right, there is a lot to discuss this week, so let's get into it. Because after 11 years as executive producer of the project, Craig Campbell has quit, citing health reasons. TV Tonight reports Campbell has been on leave since February due to rheumatoid arthritis and chronic pain. In a note sent to staff, Campbell said, Since I've been away, I've been trying to find a reasonable balance between my work and my health, something that a bunch of health professionals have pointed out I don't have. He will be moving to the role of head of television at Roving Enterprises, saying it will be a less stressful job. He also announced Chris Bendel will be taking over the role, having been with the show for more than nine years and a senior member of the production team. Aaron, I've got to say, Craig Campbell, I um, have met quite a few times. I've worked with him. I have a lot of respect for him. He has been the driving force behind the project. I think this is sad. Um, You know, the project is a representation of him, as a lot of shows are with their executive producers. So Chris Bendel is a very, very skilled uh, executive. He was from the Today Show before he went to the project. But it is sad to see Craig moving on. Yeah, someone with a level of experience like him, um, he's done a, a great job with the project. Um, you know, obviously the only primetime program where people can chat about the latest news live, have celebrities on, talk television and film. Now, mm. I do say primetime television show because, of course, there are other places you can get that kind of uh, news, Mr. McKnight. But, um, Indeed. But, uh, yeah, I think the project's kind of levelled out in the terms of its audience. It's kind of sitting there, I mean... Of course, him being there would be better, but perhaps this is time for um, some, a new perspective and a new blood for the show. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, Mark, that I think I wouldn't expect too many changes with the show. Chris has certainly been with Craig and worked closely with Craig. He knows how Craig likes the show. There's no doubt Chris will probably stamp his own authority on it, but I wouldn't expect any major changes. No, you can expect the project to continue on, pretty basically. Um, And you're right, there will be some uh, personalisations from Chris, I'd expect, that will come. That's inevitable in any kind of change in EP, as we'll talk about a little bit later in the show. It actually raises a larger question for me, and that is that as an industry, are we... Like, are our leaders, our executive producers, our, our, you know, the people on the ground working shows, running shows, and those sorts of things, setting a poor example for the rest of their staff in the way that they pour themselves into a show? Now, I, I understand being enthusiastic and loving it and wanting to do your best and all of those sorts of things, but if you're doing it at the cost of your health, then what what expectations are other people going to have? Well, I think that's a very good point, and speaking from personal experience... I can say that I certainly um, put my health on the line when I was running Studio 10. But there's a couple of things that go with that. You want success. Sure. You want to drive and be the very best that you can be. And there's also fear in it as well, Mulk. Mm -hmm. You actually fear the jobs of everyone working for you. You fear failure. And that absolutely feeds into it. I completely get it. And and there's a certain type of person and personality that uh, I think gets into those roles because they're willing to push themselves and they want to see everything go well and succeed. And we've been doing it for so long now that we don't know how to do it any other way. And I think that's unhealthy. Yeah. And look, I think that's a good point. And I will say, having been through everything I've been through in the last five years, I know that if I was to do something like Studio 10 again, 
I would do it very differently. I would be a different manager, mm. uh, but still hopefully bring the same level of creativity, but also find the right balance. Balance was the thing that was missing in my life, and I don't want to speak for Craig because I don't know, but he seems to have indicated that he hasn't got the right balance and which is why he's making the move that he's made. Mm. But for anyone in these roles, balance is the key and will potentially lead to more success when you have that balance. Yeah, and and look, I I acknowledge straight away that Craig is an experienced executive and he knows what he's doing, and for him to get as wrung out as he has, this is not me picking on him by any stretch. Uh, All I'm I'm suggesting is that broadly as an industry, because it's not just Craig that you hear. I mean, you've just reflected your stories. We could line up a whole bunch of EPs and showrunners just in Australia that Mm. talk about how difficult it is, because I know it's done on, you know, various lengths of an oily rag and all of those sorts of things. And we want to make it succeed. Nobody wants to fail. Lots of people's jobs are riding on all of this sort of stuff. Great. Let's help make those things be reality. Um, I think it it pushes even further back because we've been doing it so long. The networks have largely unrealistic expectations about how a show's done. And look, the reason people work so hard in TV is because they love it. TV is more than a job. It's something you love doing. It's a passion. And so there are blurred lines between what is the job and what is your own thrill. You know, if you work at a bank, It's easier to clock in and clock out, you know, do your nine to five. But with TV, you're always looking for that competitive edge. You're always looking for that thing that's going to bring in ratings because it's one of the very few industries where you are critiqued every morning. The day after your show goes to air, you're getting ratings results and the highs and lows can set the tone for your day. Are you suggesting that you become an adrenaline junkie, Rob? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's super healthy. Yeah, yeah. But I applaud the fact that even though most people wouldn't leave because they were sick, that he's actually setting an example and letting people know he is sick and he is choosing his health over yeah. the show. Yeah. He it, he he has that kind of mindset, though, Craig does. Um, he is a, a passionate but measured man, and he has that ability to look outside of himself. Yeah, I agree, Sarah. I applaud it. Well, week after week, the troubling numbers are coming in for ABC's Q&A, so is there any coming back? Last Thursday, it recorded its lowest ratings with just 224,000 viewers across the five capital cities. Numbers have been plummeting, particularly since moving to its 8.30pm Thursday time slot. Sarah, it was in a little bit of trouble before it moved to 8.30 on Thursday. Um, Has the ABC killed it? I mean, I think the I think the show's got more problems than just the time slot because, like, I tried to watch it at home and my husband just watched it for, like, 10 minutes and he's like, you have to turn this shit off because <laughs> it is just far-right liberal propaganda and he just, like... And he's a libertarian and he was like, this is, like, way too... He's like, you, you're going to watch this and become, like, some militant person and i'm like i'm not gonna like but i i think yeah it's 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 gone too far in its politics and then they changed the time slot and i think everyone right now is just looking for some calm and it's not it rod what do you think do you 
think the show has made the right moves. You know, when when they were relaunching with Hamish and the new executive producer, everyone they were like, "We're the big new bowl. We're going to be better than Tony Jones." Now they may not have outrightly said that, but there certainly was a feeling. This is the new era of Q and A. It certainly hasn't been. No, and to me, it's just missing the mark completely with the ABC audience. Like. People generally don't like change. And to me, this what's happened with Q&A, it's a classic example. If something's working, don't fuck with it. And that's what they've done. Yeah. It's completely turned it on its head. They didn't need to do anything with it. Like maybe it would have survived just a host change, but changing the night and trying to make it different, no, it was working. And again, people are creatures of habit. You mess with something they like, they'll turn off. And that's exactly what's happened. Very interesting point. And it also makes me think, Karen, that... Uh, I don't know if we spoke about this. We might have been on a break. But last time The Australian did some reporting about Q&A figures, the ABC issued a correcting the record where they had a go at The Australian for using five city metro figures, which is a thing that the ABC uses to promote its own figures every week and every night. And it was the most desperate attempt to try and spin their way out of trouble. Uh I'm glad to see there hasn't been a correcting the record this time. Yeah, the um, the spin on that was uh, pretty bad. Um, but the show was going a little bit downhill before, obviously, it went to Thursday nights. Look, I'm going to be honest, and I'm going to completely contradict myself, okay, when I say this. The show with Hamish, I think, is is more balanced. It's more sensitive. It covers big issues, but with heart and professionalism. They always promote niceness on social media. They have the numbers like Lifeline come up on the screen. Um, they have some inspirational stories. They have special science programs, high school students, women, sexuality, age. On paper, the show is great. Now, I've actually watched the show every episode for at least at least 10 years now. And despite all of what I just said, it's just become so boring. Like, it's it's... It is a little bit slanted too, but it's just become so boring. I I genuinely feel that I feel bad because on a humanity level, the show provides a great service, but I, I want to see Jackie Lambie on the show more often. She's loud and opinionated, but she she gives her heart um, and, and she's really honest. It's just, it's just so boring now. That's all. Do you know what it reminds me of? That Frontline episode where Mike Moore is saying, we want a civilised debate. We, yeah. You know, we, we don't want any arguments. And Martin D'Astasio says, they did it. They're at fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's what works from a television point yeah. of view. You know, you can tick all the boxes. You can do all the right things. But at the end of the day, you have to make engaging television. And if you don't, you're dead. Well, speaking of ratings, let's take a look at the results for last week. Nine has taken our top spot, just. There was only a 0.4% difference between nine and seven, but Lego Masters kept nine in the top spot. Nine had a 28.9% share, followed by seven on 28.5. The 10 network rose to third place with the return of MasterChef, which helped the network achieve an 18.6% share, ahead of the ABC on 16.2 and SBS on 7.7. The news was pretty much the same in primary channel shares, except the ABC took out third spot ahead of 10. Malk, the playing field is a bit more even now that MAFS has finished. Yeah, it's crushing together a little bit more. Lego Masters um, held up last week against MasterChef and Dancing with the Stars, uh, but it wasn't the kind of you know lead that MasterChef that, that uh, Merit at First Sight was offering. Um, the interesting thing for mine was how close MasterChef and Dancing played, and that MasterChef beat it. 
Like that was a, a only just, but it did beat it through um, its uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm. and, or to, yeah, whenever it was, whenever it matched up last week. Uh, and then the guard changes again this week with Big Brother coming in uh, and and it playing against Lego Masters and and Master Chef as well. Uh, I think I mentioned last time Master Chef is a sprint. There's sixty odd episodes of that show, and it runs in a weekly cycle, so it's going to be up and down anyway. Um, Lego Masters has a three episode a week run uh, versus. Big Brother, I think they're night for night, those guys, uh, once uh, this weird offset week because of the dancing finale sets in. That, that'll that be an interesting challenge to see how the, this series of Big Brother goes. Uh, I know that you've seen heaps and written a, a glowing review about it. Um, uh, there's lots of good things to watch Big Brother for. There's lots of reasons why you may, may not want to watch it. I think Lego Masters offers a good opportunity, as does MasterChef, um, for shows that you would watch otherwise. It is, however, the same problem that more and more people are crying about, and that is, why are we only getting reality TV at 7.30? Well, it's what people are watching, and, you know, dramas aren't rating. It's what people are watching because that's all they're being given. Well, that's that's a fair point, but um, I just want to touch on MasterChef for a moment, because New Idea are reporting that MasterChef will have a second season this year, but this time will mm. feature celebrities showing off their culinary skills. Now, the move is similar to 10's Back to Win series, which ran last year and was a ratings hit, but this time famous faces will be in the kitchen. The publication also reports MasterChef Junior is gone. 10 previously ran this format in 2009. So, Mo, MasterChef is struggling this year. Last year, yep. it went great guns with a celebrity... Yep. And essentially in a celebrity edition. It was within the MasterChef sure. ecosystem. Is that how Ten are going to get out of this hole with the MasterChef franchise? Nope. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that a celebrity version of MasterChef, like a celebrity version of Big Brother, is going to add any benefit to any franchise. It's the, it's the invariable Christmas album of the TV industry. Um, in the music industry, quite often when people want to get out of their contracts, uh, if they've got albums owing to studios, uh, they put out a Christmas album. Done. There's your, there's the five albums I promised you. Done. See you later. Bye. Um, it, it's it's not going to add anything. I think it'll be fun. So hang on. Are you saying celebrities will do it just out of contracts or that Tanner's looking to get rid of MasterChef? Oh, no, 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 no. It, it's, it's, it's a muddled metaphor, so I apologise about that. <laughs> Um, I was just trying to follow you, that's all. (laughs) They're throwaway seasons. They don't mean anything. They don't add anything to the franchise. No, sorry, Mark, I dispute that because if you look at MasterChef this year, Mm. um, I'm not a big watcher of it, but I've been talking to a lot of people that do, and they said, oh, this year just seems a bit flat. And really what it got down to was they really enjoyed the the All-Star or however they built it last year. And I I think back to when we did the the one and only so far celebrity Big Brother, its ratings went through the roof. Um, The the following year didn't didn't suffer at all, and I'm really looking forward to uh, Big Brother, like, Enjoying the new series which started last night, but I'm sure. really looking forward to seeing who they cast in um, this the VIP series they're about to do. But no, I, I think it always gives a boost. I, I wouldn't call it the Christmas album. What's everyone else think? How many people are going to tune in to watch Husey cook something vegan? <laughs> no, <laughs> but I not think, me. I, okay. I don't it. <laughs> As a has been. I'm going to say from my perspective, it's amazing and people love it because all the out-of-work actors who haven't done anything in a while can toss their hat in the ring and be like, me, me, me. And then from a viewer point of view, 
I love celebrity versions of things because people have preconceived notions about celebrities and what their personalities are. And when you see them acting and stuff, you don't really get to know them. But when they're on a celebrity show, um, like Big Brother or I'm a Celebrity or even, you know, a cooking show, you get to actually see the person behind the characters. And so I love... Mm. Like, I, like, that's why I love Big Brother, because you actually get to put people in these situations and get to see who they are, and you get to decide whether you like that person or not based on their actual personality and not just who they always portray as a character. Something I'd also add to that, too. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the UK don't do... Um average joe celebrity uh, sorry average joe big brothers anymore they only do celebrity versions i know we haven't got enough celebrities to do season on season on season well but we, they... we do with uh, i'm a celebrity get me out of here we do it with dancing with the all-stars <laughs> oh, yeah. you know like we just run the same celebrities manu's on every celebrity edition of every show on channel seven <laughs> at the moment and i guess there's always a fresh crop of new um influences that could be selected from oh, yeah the, the difficulty that we face, though, is that while I appreciate the the, the celebrity U, Big Brother UK sets a standard, we get to see you know who they really are. Not one, not one of the celebrity shows down under do that. So Dancing with the Stars, All Stars, how great is Ada Nicodemu and Luke Jacobs dancing? Great, well done. Um, how great is um, whoever's going to be celebrity people cooking in the kitchen? Great, that's it. Um, celebrity Big Brother, because this is the pre-recorded and we're all about the challenges and not actually about hearing them sit around and talk, that adds nothing. We're getting like, a bit I, more I of the chat you. now in the new series. They have learnt a few lessons from last year. And maybe regular people don't want to do the shows anymore because they go on TV and they get portrayed as assholes and celebrities know what they're in for when they go on television. Yeah, you don't get the real celeb you don't get the real person celebrity in any of those celebrity shows in Australia. Mm. The closest you get is I'm a celebrity because they have so much time to sit around and talk. But that's why I love Big Brother, because they're also trapped in a house and they have so much time and they forget the cameras are there. I think it matters it matters if, if it's authentic. I mean, just stunt casting certain celebrities. Like, I don't want to watch Husey on, on MasterChef either. But, I mean, I think Channel 7 did um, Hell's Kitchen, didn't they, with... Um, Marco Pierre White and I remember Lincoln Lewis being in that one and Deborah Lawrence and stuff and that didn't do too well because it didn't seem it didn't have the quite you know right mix together but I think if it's if something's done authentically I mean the SAS celebrity version I think was great I think they picked exactly the right people for that series and it, and it turned out well but I mean they could also pick a whole heap of celebrities that wouldn't do well and it would just you couldn't watch it. So if ten do it the right way and it's authentic and it's it's the right mix, it, it could work. But yeah, I think it's very individual on whether you know it, it comes down to that authenticity. Mm, absolutely. And look, one of the rating successes of recent weeks has been Lego Masters. Nine doesn't want it to end, in fact, so much so the series has been recommissioned for a further two years, with Hamish Blake continuing on as host. He joined me on the Ange Robin Robbo show to talk about the exciting news. I suppose it's like, it's one of those things where I'm like, well, I'm, I'm happy to sign for two because... 
I mean, I, I mean, if it keeps going well, why wouldn't I do it? I suppose was my thinking. Um, I mean, if if <laughs> if we can, my only worry is like finding enough people that are this good at Lego. But the producers are confident that we could cast another two seasons. So I'm like, well, if we think we can get the Lego talent, why wouldn't I do the show? It's so much fun. Oh, I don't think that's going to be an issue, but it's quite extraordinary because networks don't usually make a two-year commitment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess they can retract it. I mean, there's not much you could do if they retract it. So I, I suppose it, at the end of the day, it's just it's a lovely uh, it's a lovely vote of confidence. But the network has always been, I mean, you know, like rewinding three years. It was Michael Healy who, yep. you know, is the head of head of um, their, TV Nine. He was the first person to tell me about the show and to go look. Do you like Lego? Do you, you know, would you be interested in doing a show about Lego? And it was, to be honest, like it was, it was led by Mike's enthusiasm and, and belief for the show. And it's easy now that we, we, we know what the show is and we've seen it, we get it. And, and a lot of that happened in season one where we sort of figure out what the show is, what it isn't. But it, I really clearly remember back early days, Mike going, we, we believe in this show. And him being on set like before it aired, because, you know, we film it over summer and then it kind of airs now, Aprilish. Mm. So that, that first year we're filming it over summer. And we were having a great time filming it, but you never know in TV. Like, it, it could just as easily people could be going, oh, of course, Lego, it's so popular. <laughs> Who You know, that's, that's an easy one to, to think that they'll be successful. But by the same token, it could have just aired in April and not worked. Like, you know, that, that happens a lot in TV too. And then everyone could have been going, what were you guys thinking? Why, why would you do a show about <laughs> Lego? And so you have this feel, especially season one, you have this feeling you're so aware that you're just in your own little bubble. Like, we make it at the showgrounds in Melbourne next to the MasterChef kitchen. There's, like, two identical sheds. One is MasterChef, one's Lego. And, you know, you're just aware that for many months you are in a shed being an idiot with and, and seeing incredible <laughs> Lego builds, which is fun for you, but it's always nice to see that it translates to the rest of the world. Well, the funny thing about that is you have taken on the behemoth known as MasterChef and you've won. You know, Lego Masters is the number one show, entertainment show in the country. You must be very proud of that, but you talk about that first season. It was quite a thing for them to get you to do it because you're almost the anti-host. I am. I mean, I, I, I quite happily feel like I am a bit of an anti-host. And, and from the get-go, that was our idea to to tread that line of going, you know, because obviously, you know, I had not planned to be the host of a reality show. Like, that wasn't I wasn't sort of going, okay, this is my 10-year goal. Mm. But I, I am a massive fan of reality TV. Like, I like watching reality shows and I understand, like, I understand why they work in the world as a fan and as a consumer of reality. But at the same time, you, be, I think after now, you know, 25 years since Survivor was invented, like we all understand the tropes of reality, yes, and we we get it. We like we can. I, I, my belief was like we can both love it and also understand the tricks that are being played. So, I. I was like, I, I, we love the competition of Lego. We love the, the you know, we genuinely love the, the creativity and the, the passion and the actual sport of the show, which is, you know, can you have an idea? Can you bring it to life under pressure and allowing our contestants to be, to see their creativity, to see their skill? That 
there's no reason to to muck around with that and to take the piss out of that. But it's in this reality show shell that's using all the tricks of that we've, we all have seen for two decades on reality shows. And I and we can laugh at that, and we can be aware that it's a TV show, and that we know there's going to be sound effects for drama, and we know that <laughs> most likely things are going to be left on the cliffhanger when we go to ads, and and we know that there's like heavy editing because obviously the the, the challenges are 12 hours and the episodes 50 minutes. So we, you know, our philosophy is always like we can absolutely take the piss out of the reality TV and not take that seriously. But at the same time, we, we take the competition seriously. Yeah, Hamish on the And Robin Robbo Show. You can see the video of that at facebook.com slash the ARR show. What do you reckon, Rod? Will Lego Masters sustain? Uh, it does pretty well. It's under a bit of a challenge at the moment, but it's still holding in there. It's doing well. Yeah, it's doing well. I, I question whether the, the turn-on factor is, is Hamish himself. Like, to me, Hamish and Andy are two of the best talent on-air talent we've ever produced. Um, I think Hamish himself is a big part of the success. Mm-hmm. The format itself, I've watched a couple of episodes, and I think, well, I haven't got kids, but I guess it would be good family TV. Good luck to them. They found a winning formula, and... I, I don't get it myself, except for you know turning in to watch Hamish. Well, do you want to jump in there, Mark? I know you're a big fan of Lego Masters. Yeah, look, it, it, Rod's right about Hamish and Andy. I think they're they're phenomenal performers and presenters. Um, what has proven, I think, um, that the challenge is finding the right vehicle for them. Because together, mm. whenever they do stuff together, normally they're producing it, making it, running it separately. Mm. They're network talent. Um, and while Lego Masters has succeeded, absolutely for Hamish, um, Andy struggled with his first run by himself with, uh, what was it, the box? The cube. Um, the cube, that's it, on 10. Um, and that's, that. look, if you find the right vehicle for Andy, I'm sure he'll shine in the same way. He was great when he was popping in on um, uh, the front bar and doing stuff there with their cricket version over summer. Lego Masters, I love to death. Uh, in fact, season three it's very clear that the whole production team have relaxed into it in that they are confident, clearly comfortable. They know how the show works and they're willing to try fun, stupid things because that fits the format. Like you wouldn't turn up on the project and do fun, stupid stuff like they're doing on Lego Masters. Yeah, like have last year's winner sweeping the floor and all that kind of yeah. stuff. You, you, you just wouldn't have that kind of stuff play through. Um, the benefit is that for nine, it's a consistent performer. And so to that end, I completely understand why they would want to um, lock in another two years of Hamish's time and let the production you know, company and, and crew know you've got two more years worth of work with this because it's consistent for them. I'm just waiting for Malk to show up on there since he likes oh, Legos it's not so much. Happen. Not a chance. <laughs> why have you not applied? Because I don't, I'm not, you give me the instruction sheet, awesome, I'm there. <laughs> All of that stuff that those guys are building is out of their head and I am not that creative. It's pretty amazing what they do. Hey, there's an idea for a format, Ikea Masters. <laughs> <laughs> See oh. which couple could break up first. Do you know what? That would be fascinating. Get couples together to build Ikea furniture and watch their relationships fall apart in real time. Hilarious. I just do it by myself. There you go. There's, <laughs> there's a format. Quick, let's, let's write it up. Write the Bible. All right. Now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. Former Channel 7 game show host Andrew O'Keefe has more charges coming his way in relation to an alleged domestic violence offence. 
He is now additionally being charged with assault occasioning actual body harm and a charge of common assault over a separate incident. O'Keefe is yet to enter a plea and the matter has been adjourned until June. Seven West Media's general manager of Queensland, Ben Robert Smith, is temporarily stepping down from his duties as his defamation case against Nine Entertainment Company draws closer. In a note to staff, Seven CEO James Warburton stated that he is expected to return to his role after proceedings, which begin on June 7th. After news broke last month that Shayna Blaze would be leaving Selling Houses Australia, it appears Foxtel now has a replacement. Media Diary in The Australian is reporting that Wendy Moore, the general manager of Foxtel's lifestyle channels and previous House Rules judge, will be taking on the role. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you very much, Sarah. Coming up, we'll chat with Sonia Kruger, who spills the tea on the TV industry, her career and her love life. Plus, we'll open the TV binge box to find out what everyone's been watching. This is TV Black Box. Thank you for having me. This is very cool. I love your backdrop. <laughs> so, uh, yes, thank you very much. Hey, you are one of the hardest working people on TV. You host Big Brother, Holy Moly, The Voice, Dancing with the Stars, the upcoming Big Brother VIP. That's a lot of TV. And I've got to be honest, I'm a little bit worried about you, Sonia. So tonight we are going to send you a care package to make sure Hi. you can get through the year. So we have Amazing. some chocolate just for that little bit of a hit. We yes. have some Red Bull. We have a can of V to keep you going. Okay, uh, we have we have coffee. It might be a bit cool when by the time it gets to you, but just warm it up in the microwave. <laughs> I um, don't know if you want me with all that caffeine in my system. <laughs> I know the feeling. We have a donut. What? What may, that? Yeah, I may have had a bit. Um, okay. And the all-important no-dos. So this care package. <laughs> I haven't seen that since university. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I could tell you a story. My farewell when I went to university, I took too many of these and too oh. much alcohol and no. ended up in hospital. But that's that's enough about me. You were very awake drunk. <laughs> sure. Very, very true. But you are doing a lot of TV. How are you finding I, I, it since you've gone back to say one thing, Rob. You know so, when you say, because a lot of people have said this to me lately about being a really busy person working in television, and I actually I don't feel that 
because I sort of see the other side of the coin, like people who work in news and breakfast TV and, you know, they're the people who are the hardest working people yeah. in television. You know what that's like. It's 24-7. You never get any downtime. Uh, I see it with my partner, Craig. So I feel like I have it kind of easy. In well, it's all about life. perception in this business, Sonia, and, you know, you've done the, the five-day-a-week on a morning TV show, which is a big slog. That's a big slog. But... Uh, but you still, on primetime, have a very big presence. And, and speaking of such things, Big Brother returned tonight, and I have to say, this year the show has really found its feet. Are you happy with the way the show has evolved? So happy, so happy. I, I actually binge-watched, like, 12 episodes last weekend because I couldn't <laughs> wait to go to air, and I was literally hiding in another room with my headphones on. It's so addictive, and there's so much that I don't get to see. I'm there, obviously, for most of the challenges and the evictions, but there, there's all that nuanced sort of relationship mm. stuff going on inside the house that that when, I, when you see those episodes crafted and put together so beautifully and there's they're so rapid paced you know you're you're kind of hooked from the start to the end i just think that they're you know it's it's an incredible job that they've done at shine to, to put these episodes together well i would certainly agree with that and they've learned the lessons from last year last year was good but I felt it missed some of the heart. We have the heart back. And, and I think about, I already have my favourites, and that's the comedy pairing of Denny and Nick because it's second oh, yes. to none. Tell me yes. about that relationship. The wet bandits. Or oh, is that what you're calling them? I love that. They actually call, start calling themselves the wet bandits from Home Alone. But you actually called them the Laurel and Hardy of television, didn't you? I did. I absolutely did. And I thought that was a really good description because Nick is this tall, gangly, um, Aussie, colourblind house painter, which is bizarre and funny. <laughs> and he makes friends with Danny, who is, you know, your queen quintessential real estate agent who's always doing deals yes. you know? and they're just an unlikely odd couple and <laughs> but together they have such a great uh, a great dynamic I, I really can't explain how funny these guys are I genuinely expected them to have a big falling out and their relationship they embrace the fact they're so different and there's just lines like when Nick the tour guy says oh I'm, I'm really starting to get into this game and Danny says well about time we've only been here for like three weeks <laughs> Yes. And and Danny's really funny because he'll he'll make moves that he thinks are smart and everybody kind of thinks, oh, yeah, that's a good move. And then Nick will turn around and say to him, that was the dumbest thing you've ever done. <laughs> and I can't tell you what's coming up after tonight. Obviously, I don't want to spoil the surprise for anybody, but there there is just so much that happens between them between other members of the house, the power shifts constantly. Constantly. And constantly. Every episode, it's like, mm. who, who's going to have the power? Who's going to be in control tonight, you know? Who? You think it's Big Brother. Well, it is Big Brother. He has the ultimate power. Sure. But within the housemates, they're always jockeying because they need to have the numbers on their side when it comes to an eviction. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to ask you, who is your favourite housemate this year? 
Oh, I can't. Well, you know. No, you've got to give me a name. I'm not going to accept. They're all great in their own way. Um, But I tell you what, when Danny first started, I actually thought, oh, no, he's going to be really polarising. Yep. But. In actual fact, you, you kind of my relationship with the housemates changes throughout the series yes. because you get to know them, and it's like having this whole meeting a whole group of new people, and you get to know them. They become your friends, and some of your friends, you know, at times you love them, and at other times they annoy you. So yep. it's kind of like that. My feelings towards all of them change. I, I actually said that in the review I did because I found exactly the same thing that someone I like one day I'll really dislike them the following day, then I'll like them again. So you really, it's like a real relationship. Um, But I've got to ask you, how much do you invest in the shows you're working on? A lot. Well, it's hard for me. I think if if you're not invested, how can the viewer be invested, you know? Yes. And I'm lucky that I've been given the opportunity to work on these incredible shows. And something like Big Brother, for example, you know, really I become so drawn into it. As I said to you, you know, I've been calling Amelia Fisk, who's the executive producer, saying, please, can you send me a few more episodes, you know, because I want to see what's going to come next even though i know so it's it's yeah look i guess dancing with stars i've always been passionate about it when they called and said they were doing an all-stars version i I just thought wow that i never expected rob never expected it in a million years that's the other thing i think what you thought it was dead and buried oh no no i just didn't i just wasn't in my on my radar that Seven would be doing it. It's yeah. pretty much the same deal with The Voice. When I left Nine to go to Seven, um, the the hardest thing for me to leave was The Voice because it's the hottest ticket in town. It's the sexiest show on yeah. TV. Who walks away from that, you know? But, uh, you know, there were other opportunities at Seven and it's just that, you know, that point in your career where you go, I need to change things up and shake it up. So I, I never, ever expected Seven to, to also now have The Voice. It's well, uh, uh, people wouldn't have seen this, but there was a sales presentation um, uh, uh, that concerned The Voice, and it literally had you there saying, and where is The Voice? Whichever network I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you like that joke. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. You know, and speaking of that, you've had a long and successful career. I first worked with you back on Today Tonight in the year 2000 when you were an no. entertainment reporter, and now you are one of Channel 7's biggest stars how does that feel I, I I feel very lucky. You Look know, at that girl. Did you oh see it? Gosh, that <laughs> scary. I'm going to replay um, that footage. Can you? Actually, I, I want you to see that again. Look at this. Look at this girl, Sonia. Sonia Kruger here with a. That looks like my mother. <laughs> <laughs> well, why do I look like my mother 20 years ago? <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, you know what? I've been the thing. I think that has really helped me rob and you would attest to this as well you know working on today tonight and working on programs you know way back when i first started on wonder world you'd have to go out you'd have to shoot it you'd have to script it you'd have to you know do a paper cut and then sit in an editing booth and, and edit it with you know with the editor you'd have to choose the music you had 
total control over that piece of television that you yes. that was eventually going to go to air. And that's where you learn to appreciate the skills that certain people bring to their jobs. You know, there are great writers out there. There are great editors. There are great executive producers. You know, there are, there are so many moving parts to making a, a, a fabulous piece of TV. And I think that's the thing I have respect, a lot of respect for all mm. of those people. And I've been lucky to work with some of the greatest in the industry. So, you know, I, oh, look, it was a pleasure that- working with you too. <laughs> we always got out we always got each other's sense of humor no <laughs> now, speaking of today tonight you found love with someone i greatly admire and that's your partner craig was it difficult having a relationship in the workplace well we didn't have a relationship in the workplace yes and he was awful <laughs> he was can we so, talk about this? Because you two uh, didn't get on. I, can, no. I, can I be honest? When I yeah. found out that you two were an item, I did this. What? <laughs> <laughs> so so how it transpired really was that um, when I worked for Craig, he's, he's one of the toughest taskmasters there is. You know, you would know you get very little praise from Craig, but you will definitely hear about it if you've made a mistake or you, you've missed something. His praise so, was if he let you come back in the office the following day. Exactly. <laughs> so I remember having a fight with Craig. I was filing a story. I was in New York doing uh, a story with Jennifer Hawkins and Donald Trump, of all people. I and guess. I was filing this story at 3 o'clock in the morning, and for some reason a current affair had wind of the fact that we were there doing this story, so they had Ben Fordham there kind of chasing. Everyone was chasing each other in those days. Yes, trying to it was the fun and games. Yes, and so for some reason this is filtered back to Craig and I was on the phone and he said something to me along the lines of, well, why don't you feed it straight to Channel 9, Sonia? And at that point, <laughs> what? I hung up the phone. <laughs> so anyway, fast forward many years later and I had left today tonight. I was working on Dancing with the Stars and my dad was very ill and was in, in sort of a critical con- condition in hospital. And I got a text message from Craig. He'd obviously heard about it and he sent me a very kind message. And so at, from that point, we'd sort of started talking and, and we, we reconnected. So it was really after I'd finished working with him that, that our relationship started. And it's, it's, it's strange because we're polar opposites too. Yes. You know? I'm very showbiz and he's very new. So, but I like to think we complement each other. Oh, Absolutely, like he's I see it now. Him, by the way. Uh, sorry, he's gonna, he's gonna hate. Oh yeah, this. yeah. But he'll call <laughs> me. He'll have a go at me. It'll be fine. It'll, it'll yeah. get us on the phone, so it'll be fine. Because well, uh, <laughs> <it. laughs> I, I genuinely do like him, and and Craig and I, and you would know this during on in the Today Tonight years, he wouldn't have what they call anything on the shelf, so they didn't have the stories. We would literally sit in his office for three hours trying to write the promo, which the team at Today Tonight would go and shoot the story for. I'd come out and say to Nicola, she'd say, what's the story? And I'd, I'd hand her the promo, she'd go, right, I've got to get these elements, and <laughs> they'd have 
be yeah. able to shoot a pro- story for the following yeah. night. But that's the beauty of TV, isn't it? It's it's a crazy, crazy business, and, and I, I feel like some of that some of that joy of television is possibly not there anymore. I think people like you keep the crazy in there, but it's certainly not the way it used. To. I mean that in the nicest possible way. I'm the no, cra- I'm much crazier than you, Sonia. Yeah, and I think um, I I know what you mean in terms of, you know, there's that live factor, which, uh, you know, a lot of live television is now being pre-recorded. So it's like you've got to try and maintain uh, a live quality to it. So for me, the shows that I work on, you know, we shoot them as live and the way they're being edited now um, is is to keep that live element in there because you want that danger and that, as you say, that craziness. People, I think, they don't care whether it's perfect. I think they like to actually see it when it goes a little bit off the rails. Absolutely. You know, you can't look away. It's sort of like, is this supposed to be happening? Probably (laughs) not, you know. Absolutely. I, I I love your sense of adventure. And and speaking of that, I was worried. Oh, hello. What have we got? Oh, is that Teddy? That's Teddy. So just one last one. I thought for anybody watching, they might want to see Teddy. She is our one-year-old Cavoodle, COVID puppy. A COVID? Gorgeous. Oh. And she's chewing my shoes. Is this instead of having another baby, Sonia? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that's> <laughs> Unless, of that's course, there's an announcement you want to make. The Daily Mail are watching. <laughs> I'm sure they've got a bazillion headlines out of this <laughs> Hey, look, I, I love you so much. You know that I'm a big fan of yours, always have been from the very early days we worked together. Big Brother launched earlier tonight on Channel 7, but you can catch up at 7plus.com.au and there's a brand new episode tomorrow night at 7.30 on Channel 7. And if you want one-liners, just watch those evictions and listen to Sonia. Sonia, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you, Rob. And thanks for being such a great supporter of the show. I know you guys are really passionate about it, and and, and that means a lot to me. It really does. Oh, Sonia, you're very, very welcome. (laughs) I'm a big fan of Sonia. I tell you what, she can do no wrong in my eyes. There absolutely is a painting of her in an attic somewhere that has aged horribly because she isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's done well. All right, it's time to open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching. Don't forget, if you want a full podcast about viewing recommendations and reviews, just look for the TV binge box podcast in your favourite podcast feed. You can join Mulk, Joe, Dan and Brookie each week for the very latest reviews. All right, Aaron, what have you been watching? Uh, Quite a bit. Obviously, uh, Big Brother. Now, I know that, you know, you obviously chatted with Sonia and, and she's great and um, there's going to be a lot of evictees on um, the And Robin Robbo show. So there's a lot of love at TV Black Box, but can I just say how genuine that is? The show, I've watched six episodes and it is totally addictive and that's why we're absolutely mm. loving it. It's it's way out. I mean, the, actually, so the first episode's now, now aired. So it... I mean, I had the the main good-looking white token guy in it, which he had an ex-girlfriend in there and then a potential love interest in there. And and the way it was edited, you could see that this was going to be a long-term, you know, alliance of the show. And 
it was what it was. The rest of the housemates didn't like the alliance. He's anymore. out of it there. It's gone in the first episode. <laughs> gone. Oh, and, you know, some other stuff that comes up. You're just like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. So lots of Big Brother. It is really good. Uh, Dancing with the Stars. I loved, loved, loved it. Just everything about it. I really hope Seven do a normal series next year with the same host, same judges, but maybe obviously a fresh set of celebrities, so not an all-stars edition. Um I did watch the first episode of Reckoning. It's an Australian show, but not an Australian show. It was filmed here, but for an overseas audience. So they actually pretend Australia is America. So the cars are on the other side of the road or and they go to the sheriff's, you know, up, um, department, you know, not the police. <laughs> and so, so it is, it was made for overseas. It's average, but, you know, in saying that it's up against Dr. Doctor and Bull. So... It's kind of an average lineup all around there. And I also watched a um a series called The Clown and the Candyman. I don't want to say much. It's a it's a serial killer documentary series, but it's 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 a very disturbing series. It's yeah, it's uh yeah, it's I don't know what to say. It's it's, a, it's about just wow. no, it's, a, it's about disturbing stuff about, you know, uh killing children and stuff. It's Oh, that's true crime, mate. It is. Um, so a lot of Seven series to watch um, because they have got a lot of stuff on their media site. Nine's media site is still down um, because of the hack. So there was nothing to preview there. And not much on the Ten site, um, st- um, How to Stay Married. The episodes aren't up yet, but I'm sure they'll be up soon. And that'll be a great review too because um, I'd, I've loved the first couple of seasons. I was going to say, it sounds like that the the Perth addiction to Channel Seven has stretched into your previewing. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the previewing, yeah, the, the nine side is down because of the hack, and um, ten hasn't got much in there. But How to Stay Married will be on soon, so that'll be great. Aaron, is it true that in Western Australia all TVs come pre-tuned to Channel Seven and only Channel Seven? Absolutely, we love Rick and Sue here. They they have done seven years together. It's a world record. I think I can't remember now. Thirty five years or thirty six years. They started when I was five years old, and they're still there every Monday to Friday on our screens. And yet we are just tuned on there for anything. It's. Uh, I heard that Rick and Sue got replaced with uh, animatronic robots about five years ago and nobody noticed. <laughs> that's entirely possible and we'd still watch. We, we love Seven here. And, and, yeah, and, that's right. and they have a big thing in the community too, like with Telethon and stuff. It's a very community uh, feel, yeah. feel station So and they do a great job. Well, that's an interesting case study on how being part of the community has helped that network. Channel 7 is synonymous with Perth because of the push that they've done in that community with Telethon and all the other things, you know, um, it very much is seen as Perth's local station. Uh, I've got to say, I've been watching the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and boy, that has just been phenomenal television. Phenomenal. And the way it's evolved through its short run has just seriously been amazing. Um, I've also been watching Superstore with the family. We've been re-watching that and I always enjoy a bit of Big Bang Theory along the way. They're the If I just want to have a sandwich and just chill for five minutes or ten minutes, five I'll minutes. watch a Big Bang or a Jesus. Superstore. Mark hates that I do that. <laughs> Mate, Quibi was built for you and you didn't sign up and now it failed. No, I still like long-form <laughs> stuff. I just didn't want uh, – uh, Quibi wasn't – I didn't like Quibi at all. But 
Um, Mulk, I think that's better than watching something on two times speed. I can't handle the fact that people will watch a program on two times speed. That actually does my head in. But um, we also, as a family, watched uh, Iron Man 1. And the two yes. young, the two kids, uh, two of the girls were watching it, and they were like, "It's very gory." But and I said, "Oh, do you want to stop?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> so they love Iron Man two, where he's got PTSD. Then uh, isn't that three or three? Sorry, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's it's mostly light stuff in the McKnight house. What about you, Sarah? Um, well, you know, the usual crap of uh, below-deck sailing yacht. <laughs> and this, isn't there talk of an Australian version? Yeah, there's actually, uh, there's um, on the yacht forums, um, there's uh, someone's been talking about, I think there's three new formats coming. There's Australia, there's going to be somewhere, there's like three new ones coming, but um, yeah, definitely Australia. Um, I've got to so, watch this more show. NCIS because Matt just keeps putting NCIS on. Mm. And um, I know there was some other crap in there, but nothing really worth um, remembering. Like, Matt I forgot to write it down, and I just don't way. even remember. I was like, what did we watch? And both of us were like, I don't know. Oh, oh there was a couple episodes of Trafficked, which is that documentary. Um, and then I'm just very, very excited because Handmaid's Tale comes back. So I'm just desperately saving up all of my watching energy for that. Rod, what about you? I just want to ask Sarah, do you think she's going to get all the way to the Canadian border at the end of that series and then turn around again? <laughs> That's what's bugged me with the last couple of series of Handmaid's Tale. Let's get there, get there. Oh, stuff that we need in the series. Yeah, it's an American absolutely. show. Absolutely. We always make fun, like, any time. I know, oh, no, we did watch a movie this week. We watched something, I want to say it was an Australian movie. Oh, I forget. Anyway, um, but we always make a joke about, you know, whether the, the lead character is going to win or lose or die or live by whether it's a, an American movie or an other than. Because if it's an American movie, there's always the happy ending. And mm -hmm. if it's an Australian or a British movie, like someone dies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I, like, like Sarah, I love Below Deck. I've uh, been watching the, the yachting one. And it's even better, I reckon. And yeah, Rob, you've got to get onto it. It's it's it's. Great to look at and great casting. But in terms of other stuff, um, I, I binge-watched the last series of Gogglebox. I love Gogglebox. To me, I can see yeah. all the best bits of every show and get their funny opinions on it. I, I, I just think Gogglebox Box is the, the funniest, smartest, good value show. Why isn't that a year-round show? Why does it have to be in blocks? Like, it does well enough. You'd think, I, I don't know, it was on Thursday night, wasn't it 10's biggest show? I reckon there's yep. a case for just doing it. Yeah. night. For like, and, do it for forty weeks a year. We'd watch, and that's that, that's a rerun. You know, there's a stack of people watch it on Wednesday night on Foxtel, yeah. and then um, the only other thing I, I watched, of course, last night, Big Brother. Um, I don't know if you ever sold it, Rob, but I I was left a little underwhelmed. It filmed it felt to me a bit too much like last year. I don't know if it's because the house hasn't changed that much. It looks like it's just had a lick really? of paint. Okay, I'm but a few it. more secrets. Yeah, I've, I've only watched the first episode because I'm going to watch it at the general public pace i don't want to get too far ahead i want to see that they were. maybe that's it rod maybe because i binged it i got invested yeah. a bit more because i was able to see how things develop but i genuinely um especially danny and nick i'm loving i'm loving that relationship and you know it's up against lego masters which i've been watching as well which was also a great show but genuinely i something just spoke to me about this series of big brother i'm genuinely invested I'm going to rewatch episode one because I watched it last night with Reggie and Mike Goldman and we gabbed on and did a, a thing on um, 
11 network thing that he's a part of. So I wasn't completely concentrating on it. I was pushing a lot of buttons, switching <laughs> something. But uh, I will I will re-watch episode one before we watch episode two. So it, it does it amp up or did it start for you? Was episode one a... Uh, I really enjoyed oh. episode one, but of course the tension amps up. But yeah. I like the fact they're not spending so much time on the gameplay, on the challenges. Yeah. Um, yeah. The challenges don't mean that much to me, so they yeah, become yeah. shorter and we're getting more characterizations, and that's what I do like about it. Um, so it isn't just that it's drama, 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 although that eviction process I do find pretty compelling, how yeah. the editing tries to trick me into thinking who's going to go. Um, but, no, I, I genuinely, I'm just a fan. I gave it six mm. stars out of five. So, Mark, what have you been watching? Um, I also watched the first five episodes of Big Brother on preview um, and was underwhelmed, uh, only because I felt that it was too focused on those two blokes. Now, I did have a vested interest. I did want to see how a mate of mine that's gone into the house, uh, about to go into the house, um, uh, how he progresses and how how that all plays out for him because you know you want to see your friends succeed and those mm. sorts of things um i honestly felt like the show was tailored around this duo um that we met last night uh, on normal airtime i just felt it was their show and everyone else was players in it and i yeah, but you that do, interested in rather it. than trying to get across everyone in the first episode they mm. do sprinkle their stories throughout the episode so that you get to know them and there are people yes. As you know, having seen the first five, that you get to know along the way that you don't know in yep. episode one. It still comes back to those two boys. Yeah, because they're the, hilarious. It's, like it's, it's, the, it's, it's what are they going to do next and what have they discovered and who are they going to usurp and what's the thing in the thing? Um, I'm sorry if that's a spoiler for anyone. Um, the fact that it's it really is at least the first five are for mine, all about them was a challenge. But, you know, people love it. Keep watching it. That's awesome. You know, like, who cares what I think? Um, I did find a couple <laughs> of good shows that I want to point out to you that I think would be worth checking out. Um, a reminder that You Can't Ask That kicks off Wednesday night this week with all eight episodes landing on ABC iView after the first episode is aired. Um, episode cool. five, now I raved about the other four, I think, last week. Episode five I've seen subsequently. It is from the family's point of view the people who are left behind after people go missing uh, wow it is be pretty a phenomenal amazing. conversation and interview including daniel morcom's dad including a you know a bunch of other family of people that have vanished um and, uh. and from when either they were little kids or parents or whatever it was it's it's just my gut-wrenching but phenomenal television and and kirk and aaron that that run that show do an amazing amazing job Tuesday nights on SBS Viceland, Patriot Brains has started. Now, this is a little New Zealand show hosted by UK comedian Bill Bailey, uh, and it is Australian panel comedians versus New Zealand panel comedians, and it is exactly what you think. It's a comedy panel show, except the way they've edited, edited it is that they've left all of the good bits in. The show, the, like the games, make no sense. They don't really have any kind of through line. Bill Bailey just gives away <laughs> random amount of points for whatever's going on, but the jokes are all in there. I laughed out loud a number of times um, through watching every episode that I've seen so far and can get my hands on. Patriot Brains. So Patriot SBS Games was that. Patriot Brains. Patriot Brains. So it's loosely themed Australia versus New Zealand, um, and it, they are sharp, sharp comedians who are doing a great, great job. 
The other one that I'll throw at you, and it is only available on preview because until Old People's Home for Four-Year-Old finishes, um, this is the slot it's going into. Love on the Spectrum returns for season two. Oh, if your heart gets broken and rebuilt in um, Old People's Home, the same thing. It is just Tuesday night heartbreak and amazingness. Um, it is brilliant to see these young people who just want to find love that are on the spectrum that get a bit of help and, and you hear their challenges and you hear their successes and you see some of that win and some of that not so win. It's brilliant. You get so invested in these people's lives. Love on the Spectrum is coming back week after next onto the ABC. Do not miss a second. All right. Thank you for that extensive and insightful uh, preview of what's coming up and what you've seen, Mulk. And that brings us to the end of TV Black Box. For more TV news and insights, go to tvblackbox.com.au. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes. Give us a nice, healthy five stars. But thanks for your time. Thank you, Mulk. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you, Sarah. And thank you, Rod. Thank you. Bye. See you next See you, week. Folks. 